right, everybody. Welcome to an impromptu episode of the Paul at All podcast. Uh, this is episode eight. I'm here with John, who uh, is an old friend who's making some new acquaintances and doing some new stuff. Uh, he happened to be down here for the day, so a couple of days ago we decided to uh, to come down and record a quick episode of the podcast. So uh, say hello, John. Hello, John. And uh, so long story short, me and John live down the street from each other, and I believe, I think we met on like either Facebook or Craigslist, Craigslist or something. Craigslist, I think. So, um, and he lived down the street from me, and I was looking for... Was I playing drums? You were at playing the time? drums, yeah. Yeah, I was playing drums. You were looking for somebody to jam with when you were playing the drums. Because everybody plays fucking guitar, and I was like, all right, let me learn how to play drums. And I've talked about it on previous shows about like taking lessons and shit. And uh, John happened to live down the street, and he's like, yeah, I listen to Neurosis and blah, blah, blah. So, um, so John ended up coming down, and like it was funny. I mean, we played probably for what, like a year or two, probably, I'd say. Yeah, something like that, yeah. About. And we had a couple of people come and go and whatnot. Uh, um, I was introduced to Colin through you and stuff, so um, that was kind of cool. And uh, That was when we were looking for a drummer. Right. You told me, I don't want to play drums anymore. Let's find another drummer. Because I, I always felt that I sucked at it, and I never could do it <laughs> justice. So, um, but yeah, so then Colin came down, and then, you know, I, I definitely remember... I think Will was here too, the bass player. Will was here for a while when you were. Do you remember Will? Because he stole an undercliff. Like I, I don't still think pl- I. I don't think I ever. Big dude, with that. tall no. dude. Right. Aaron. What's what's remember that? Aaron? Yeah, Aaron. Yep, from Drug Shock. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So it, no, I remember Aaron. Will was right after Aaron because Aaron. I don't think I was here with Aaron. Or uh, I, I, I wasn't here with Will. Oh, that's a bummer. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah no, because I still play with Will. So yeah, that's funny. He's she's from Wallingford. Um, but so uh, so long story. Short, sorry. We've been drinking beer for a while now. Um, this is probably going to be the drunkest podcast I've ever done because every other time I've purposely like is that not a bad drink. sign about know. me being here? It, it's it's eleven thirty at night, so I, I think I think I'm entitled to some alcohol. I know I'm about ready to go. I think the show is just about over. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right, cool, uh, man. We've been here for about three hours Sounds already. Good. Yeah. So. so me and John talked about you know all the personal shit that we don't want to air to everybody, but. uh <laughs> You know, uh, like, I legit feel like John's a friend, so it's cool. You know what I mean? We just sat down, and we could sit down and bullshit for a while. It's pretty cool. And uh, so so we played in a band together, and then uh, John ended up moving to Sebago, North Sebago, South Sebago, Sebago Maine, something yes. like that. So John moved, and, you know, we, we kept in touch through Facebook and all, like, the, you know, the, the normal bullshit here and there. And uh, John ended up hooking up with another band, and uh, he was playing a show somewhat locally and and i I, we're gonna make an effort and go tomorrow so but we'll talk about all that but uh so um why don't you talk about a little bit like who you're playing with now and what you're doing and just kind of give everybody a quick spiel and uh i'm playing with come to grief which is uh kind of a new version or a new incarnation so to speak of the band grief uh the legendary sludge metal band uh who i just and kind of fell into to be honest with you like i i met terry at a show uh and i just started shooting the shit with him he was just cool down-to-earth dude and he was just like you know hey what's up and i just you know i met him through through that i just i um i saw it was psycho and i think psycho was playing this show and i'm trying to think of who who the hell else was there and me and my wife kelly were just walking by this uh bar in portland maine and there was like some grindcore bands playing and shit, and I was like, "Oh wow, like, let's go in there. Cool." It was like three bucks, so we went in and 
Psycho's playing. Uh, I can't remember what the other name, the name of the other bands were playing there that night. But uh, I saw Terry and I, I recognized him and started shooting the shit with him. And I think that's kind of like where we we started kind of like talking, you know. And after a while, I think I just was like, dude, what's going on with the grief thing? You know, you got anything going on with that? And of course, Terry was also in disrupt and. Um, but yeah, so he still plays. Like the guy never stopped. Like he plays and plays and plays. And he was in, he was in like fucking five bands like a year ago, and he kind of cut it down to like two bands now. You know, he's got Come to Grief, and he's got his other band Conclave, who just got finished recording. I heard some of the rough mixes of that, by the way, pretty fucking unreal. And uh, and I just kind of was like, you know, hey, what's going on with grief? What's going on with grief? And I kept asking him about it, and. And I think at some point I just was like, dude, you know, you should get something going on with grief again. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, none of the other guys seem to be interested or whatever. I'm like, dude, just go and do something with it. You know, there's a lot of, it seems like, uh, like lately, you know, the past few years, a lot of bands get out there and they do something. It's like a spinoff of like the original project or whatever. And mm -hmm. I kind of was just talking to him about that for a while. And he's like, it's <clears throat> a so little by little, like at some point he kind of like revealed to me, he's like, yeah, I kind of might have something going on with that. I'm like, awesome. That's fucking great. And he was telling me a little bit about that. I'm like, oh, that's, I was just stoked about it, really, at that point. I was like, oh. From like a fan perspective. From a fan perspective. Yeah, I'm like, oh, great. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, let's see this. Let's see what's happening. And uh, he told me about it. And, you know, we had some, uh, Justin, who's in the band now, still, he was involved. Terry, uh, they had another drummer who was also an original member of Grief from back in the day. That thing didn't work out. Uh, the the thing with the singer and the guitar, like singer slash guitar player position that I'm now in now, uh, that wasn't working out for whatever reason. I don't know. And uh, I kind of like was like, hey, what what songs are you guys working on? And I just talked to him about it and was like, hey, I'll be there at next practice. I'll be ready to I'll be ready to jam. And he was like, all right, come on down. I was kind of like, all right. And I was like, like well, shit, now I gotta do it. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> and then that's basically how it started. I mean, literally just by talking to him, you know, like, hey, okay. I kind of, ha you know, half jokingly, like, hey, let's do this. And Suggested he was like, it and come on down and try it out. And then, you know, you know, he's not like, he's down to earth, you know. He kind of just wanted to see that I could do the job. You know, he doesn't care about my credentials or anything like that or anything. You know, yeah, he yeah, bust yeah. my balls and be like, well... Tell me, you know, what, what bands have you been in? Blah, blah, yeah, blah. it was never like that. Even I don't even think he's asked me this to this day. <laughs> you know, no, he's he, he, he's not like, hey, I want to know, you know, whatever. He just wanted to know that I could do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I've been jamming with Terry and Justin for a while. And then now we have Chuck, who was on the last Grief album, and Man Will Become the Hunted. And uh, I kind of... He got into the band basically like a couple months ago, and then we were like, "Oh wow, okay, this is now we got this going on. Let's let's start booking shows." And that's basically what happened, you know. Like we just kind of got together, and suddenly we realized, "Hey, we got four guys here that are fucking jamming on these songs." You know, like it, it, it goes really well with all of us. So we're like, "We we probably have something really good here. We should probably start trying to take it to the next level," you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, so tomorrow is it you know that's <laughs> so you see so you pumped you you pretty little nervous a little pumped a little, yeah a little, little bit of everything little of everything yeah cool uh, i think you know everybody is there's a lot riding on it in a way you know like yeah. uh uh because there's of course going to be naysayers 
Well, like anything, you know, like, oh, it's not original or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, like, because we're not grief or whatever. It's like, well, you know, you could say that because it's not, oh, okay, it's it's different, you know, and I get that. Sure. I get there's going to be comparisons to, you know, other members of grief or the recordings or whatever, but, you know, Terry made grief, you know. Mm-hmm. It's his band. He He's the one who started it. He designed it. You know, he's the architect of grief, you know. You know, historically, if somebody builds a house, <laughs> they put their name on the outside of it and say, this is the John Smith house, you know. Right. Terry's ha- Terry's name would be on the outside of that house, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's his thing. His baby. Even, even at, le- at some point in time, he ended up not in the band. But it was still his thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's all good you know it's like we've got the guy who kind of made that sound so a lot of what we're doing is a lot of what he started out with the stuff he did on dismal the stuff he did with the first ep and all that early stuff you know that really raw sound you know and and we are started working on original stuff too which is in that same vein you know really raw sludgy misanthropic kind (laughs) of Full-on rapist stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Philanthropist. Oh, Philanthropist. Not, yeah, sorry. No, you got that all wrong. <laughs> so, no, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, like, I had heard about it, you know, in, in, and I'm not going to lie when you were like, hey, uh, you know, I'm jamming with the guys in Grief. Have you ever listened to Grief? I definitely had not. And I was like, no. But uh, it was funny. Like, I picked up the CD and I listened to I, – I picked up Come to Grief and I listened to it like a million – not a million times, but for like a week or two, it was like – Every day at work, I'd give it a spin or something like in the afternoon or on my ride home, and uh, and it was just funny because I'm like, man, I'm like, where, where like where was this? Because I've definitely gotten way into like the sludge stuff in the last like five ten years, and it's funny because it totally had missed my radar. You know what I mean? And uh, and then like we were talking about this a little bit before, where I was saying like that the time that it came out, it almost kind of seemed like it was a little bit. Like, if, if Come to Grief, the album, had come out, I would say, like, in the last three or four years, like, it'd be fucking huge. I know, yeah. It's, it'd, it's, it's one ridiculous. of those albums that, like, you listen to from start to finish, and it's like, wow. It's like, it's purely a sludge masterpiece, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, uh, the, the album itself, I mean, everything about it, you know? Everybody, uh, all cylinders are firing, you know? Mm-hmm. Terry, Jeff, fucking Rick on the drums, like, you know, everything's great, you know? It's so good. So Randy on bass, great, perfect album. You know, it's like I was actually talking to Terry about. It. I'm like, you know, it's in a in a weird way. Um, Come to grief is kind of like uh, uh, like comparing it to Mayhem. I, I I would think I was just I was listening to Death Crush or something like. But you know, Dismal kind of reminds me of Death Crush in a way because it's raw. You guys were kind of like figuring out what you're doing at the time, and then Come to Grief is like you came full circle with that. You're like, you found exactly what you were doing, your sound, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, De Mysterious, um, Satanus, yeah. uh, uh, by Mayhem, where they kind of like found that like sound that they, they have, you know, where like, oh, they coined it. it right there. Like, yeah. It was, was like, <sighs> like everything just came together. Came on together. That. And, uh, yeah, great, great stuff. And I think a lot of people slept on it for years, you know, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's funny. I was looking at it because I believe was I right, and I think I, I think I think it was '94 that that came out. Yeah, I believe and, so. And it's just funny because, like, thinking back to like what else was coming out like in the early '90s. I mean, you had like the Pantera and like the White Zombies and like sure stuff like that. And I mean, you had the more extreme stuff like the Deicide stuff. But '94 was a bad year for underground metal in general because everything was going full into the new metal 
years and, and yeah. any of the traditional metal stuff was kind of going out of style. Like it was out of vogue at that right. point. But 94 probably wasn't the best year to release Come to Grief, you know. Mm. Well, like you were saying earlier, it was like kind of ahead of its time, you know. It was like... Well, that's not what I'm saying. Like, like the early sleep stuff and, and a lot of that stuff, I think, fell kind of on deaf ears. And I remember, I don't remember if it was you telling me if I, I talked to somebody, it may have actually been Ron, um, was like saying how like the early sleep stuff, like, uh, actually, no, it was Adam. I got to give a shout out to Adam, the guy who's amp that is. The dude, it's Adam, like, <laughs> uh, like he was talking shit about uh, when, when we all went to that sleep show uh, at the House of Blues. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, how many of you fucking jerk offs at that show? You know, when I was going to sleep shows 15 years ago, we're saying like how, you know, the shit was garbage and no one wants to listen to a 45 minute song and yada, yada, yada. And, and it was like funny to me because it definitely seems like one of those things that had it come out, like I said, in the last five or five years or something, like it would have been huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been like, it would have been the, the answer to win hand and, and, and shit like that. And, um, and I just, I feel like, like, honestly, it could have come out. And if you had put a different band's name on it and said, yeah, this, you know, it was brand new and it just came out like two years ago, I would have been like, wow, that's a fucking cool band. Like, Hey, do they tour? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and it, it's it, like I said, it legit seems like a lot of that shit kind of fell on deaf ears, you know, or just wasn't, wasn't big at that time you know like you said i think i kind of grunge was in and out at that point like i mean you know so it was well i think that was the year kurt cobain died and then the kind of all, the whole grunge thing kind of went out but yeah like i said metal wise the the mid 90s were a bad time for metal in terms of fan appreciation you know a lot of yeah. people kind of jumped ship at that point you know yeah. um you know the early 90s when you had a lot of those metal bands that were kind of like branching out into things that were less thrash or less whatever, you know, and they were kind of trying to branch out into other territories that people weren't comfortable with. Some people kind of, like, got away from it. Mm-hmm. And some people went totally in the other direction, you know, like, they went towards the straight-up corn and Limp Bizkit style. Yeah. Like, a band like Come to Grief, or a, a band like Grief, excuse me, 94, I mean, releasing, like, the same year as, like, you know, some of these, like, Limp Bizkit and corn and shit like that and Rage Against the Machine was hot, like... They kind of found themselves, I think, probably, like, in a place where, like, I don't know if there's a home for us anymore. Yeah. And I think they, you know, throughout, from everything that Terry's told me, like, throughout their career, you know, they definitely played to a, a, a rabid crowd whenever they'd play, it sounds like, but they, it was always small, you know, like, because yeah. nobody really was caught on to it at that point. You're saying it, it almost seems like everything was, like, wrong place, wrong time. Or, exactly. Or right yeah. place, wrong time. I yeah, guess. right. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. But I, I like I, I wonder like in '94 like I'm trying to think of like what other kind of like extreme metal was out like obviously like you had like Deicide oh sure was, you had, like, the, even you had like the South Florida shit going on like the Hate Eternal I think like the Morbid Angels were still kind of like that, that kind of shit like the the Florida death metal stuff was pretty big yeah people were going for more of the brutal fast stuff yeah like, like obituary the shit kind of style wasn't really like happening. nobody was feeling that yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny because now it's totally different. There's a lot of people who are like a lot of kids, like a lot of younger, the younger generation of kids who are coming up who are like, I mean, when I was a kid and I would get into this stuff and I would try to sell my friends on this stuff mm-hmm. and they fucking hated it. I, I couldn't get anybody into it, like to save my life, you know, right. there was nothing I could do to get anybody into something that was tuned down and played sludgy as hell. And, you know, there was like a 10 second, like, jum, jum, 
jung, jung, like just like drawn out kind of riffs and stuff like that. Nobody wanted uh, to hear that shit. They're like, mm, eh, this is boring. And now everybody fucking loves it. It's totally weird, you know? It's like weird yeah. to see that people are taking to it now, which is great, though, because it's like, it's fucking good music, you know? I, I went over that, like, with Ron a lot. Like, we talked about how just, I feel like, specifically in New England, especially, like, the entire doom or whatever genre really kind of found like a mecca i think in like new england like there's so many good bands that came out of like the boston area and stuff where i I feel like at that time i I don't know where terry and whatnot like is originally from but like a lot of it was coming out of like like portland and you know what i mean like a lot of it was west coast stuff whereas like i feel like this kind of resurgence (coughs) a lot of the good bands are from like new jersey new york Connecticut, well, maybe not Connecticut, I don't know, but... There's no other miserable place on earth in the Northeast, so yeah, like, there's no better place for it to be a hotbed for that kind of thing. just hate you know? everything There's no everyone. truer doom <laughs> place than the Northeast. Just the grizzled New Englanders. Of yeah. Like, yeah, everybody who grew up in these depressed mill towns or something like that could to- should totally relate to this, you know, yeah. instead of fucking whatever the hell, you know. it's just the other thing too that i found cool discussing with ron was the fact that there's so many different like styles under the doom umbrella sure yeah that is it's like cool like that you can listen to something fast you can listen to something super slow and you can listen to something with clean vocals you can listen to something with you know crazy distorted vocals like sun and or you know what i mean like you can listen to like anything and it's like it all falls under that same umbrella and it's and there's so much less like kind of genre elitism snobbery and bullshit you know what yeah I mean? no it's cool that there there's a lot of uh um open-mindedness yeah well i mean it's like you know you can't listen to the same thing over and over again so i think a lot of people you know you, you can listen to a, a sun solo for you know 45 minutes of distortion into an amp you know and you kind of like it's fucking great love it Every once in a while, I want to listen to something with a little more melody, get into like the stoner kick, and kind of get into something a little more rock and a little yep. more groove oriented or whatever. But mm-hmm. there's certain uh, aspects of it that kind of connect, you know, connective tissue to the whole thing. You know that uh, uh, I think makes it all work together. You know, and that's why it's you know a lot of bands play together and stuff, and it's cool. You know, even though they're like they sound totally different, but they still have that kind of sludgy, Sabbathy, blues-oriented kind of vibe. Well, we were talking about like an "I Hate God" show that I went to at the at the Outer Space, where a band Vector played that. Like I equated to like like Sound of Perseverance era death. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like real technical. Like and then uh, same show as Iron Reagan, which I almost I almost would consider them like punk. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Iron yeah, Reagan's sure. not. They're not really like a metal metal band. They're kind of like. I guess like a suicidal tendency. They're metal bandmates. People who are in the band who are in metal, but yeah, yeah they're definitely. But more they want to play something totally kind of different. Band. Yeah, you know, they have like that punk rock feel, and they just put out a shirt with like a uh, Donald Trump blowing his brains out. I know, I saw yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I saw an article that said Donald Trump is going to sue municipal waste. I'm sure he is. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, good that's stuff. Funny. But so, um, so yes, yeah, so no, I, I heard about this show and, uh, I definitely made an effort. I was like, dude, John, I definitely want to go to the show cause I haven't been to Worcester forever. And, uh, I th- it's funny cause I've never been to Ralph's, which is where the show's going to be. Um, which is kind of neat. Like I've been to the Palladium. I haven't hand, been there either, times. but I hear it's a great place. It's a small place, but everybody I've talked to said they fucking love that place, I guess. So they're like, dude, it's a great place. It's not a huge place, but it's a great place. It reminds me of like, it reminds me, I believe of like a cherry street. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, everybody that I've talked to about it and whatnot, it sounds to me like a Cherry Street where, like, everybody that goes there, like, knows about it and, and everybody in the area knows about it. And it's they always just have cool shows. Like, you can go there whenever they have a show and you're going to see at least one band that you like or, mm. you know what I mean? Um, which should be cool because, like, we were talking about, like, I know the band's set. Um, which should be pretty cool. Um, I've never seen any of the other bands, Psycho or, or Coagula, and uh, I think there's one more. Um, yeah, I saw Psycho that one time, like I told you when I, I met Terry that night. Yeah. And uh, they were fucking badass. I Admittedly, I'm not totally familiar. I wasn't familiar with them before that point. I was like, mm. fucking hey, dude, these guys are badass, dude. And I listened to some of their shit after that. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I never heard these guys before. You know, but this uh, is the thing. That's the cool thing about this is like, a lot of this is just these diehards who have been fucking living this for years, you know. These guys have been around since the fucking 80s, you know. They just do their thing because they, you know, they're not millionaires. They're not, like, whatever. They're just like, this is what we do. You know, we play fucking, yeah. you know. And they're fucking badass, dude. I'll tell you what. Psycho, like, I've listened to some of their shit over the past year or so. And I'm like, man, this is fucking... I can't believe I never heard these guys before. I gotta fucking start getting into their stuff, but yeah. But I've listened to Set and Coagula and Cactus Hag, and all of them are fucking cool bands, too. And I'm stoked to be able to play with them. Because uh, it's going to be a fucking awesome show. Like, all in all, like, just, there's a good mix. Some grindy, blackened shit and fucking just, you know, all sorts of stuff going on, you know. It's so it's cool to be able to fucking uh, have a good mix of, of bands playing. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will be a wicked stone by the time we come on. And uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. inappropriate. I, no, I no, think there's totally usually, appropriate. usually some dope smoking at these type of shows. Usually, let's hope. I don't know because <laughs> uh, I'm not bringing anything. So if anybody wants to, <laughs> so me up, that'd be great. So like taking a step back and stuff. Like what? Um, <laughs> sorry, we're both kind of drunk. Um, <laughs> no, this this interview has been going on for four hours. <laughs> yeah. At this point, we just turned the mics on. We just turned the mics on. Me and John have been sitting here for at least like two and a half hours already, just bullshitting and drinking. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, this is more for us, I think, more than for anybody else. But, uh, so, like, just just, just to give folks a background and shit, like, you know, if you do you want to talk about, like, early bands you were in, like, what you grew up listening to and shit, and oh, god, I mean, played, like, go back in time a little bit to like high school, middle school. I'll even go back further than that. When I was little, like, I, I got into, uh, I was into the breakdancing thing and all that shit, like, back when I was a kid, you know, it was in the 80s. I was into, you know, you know, rap and all that other stuff. You know, I was into rock, yeah. of course, too. Like, I had a, I had a good firm. I, I grew up listening to hip-hop, too, man. EPMD and fucking KRS-One. Like, you know, you know well, I, mean? I, couldn't even, I couldn't even name probably half the shit I listened to when I was little. It was, like, so long ago. But I was, it was, like, you know, breaking era. You know, like, we, yeah, would go yeah. to the, we would go to the movie theater, see breaking and shit like that, and we would break dance on cardboard. Did you ever go to the Elm? Oh yeah, of course. I lived right down the street from there. Me That's and my awesome. brother used to ride. Our, my, my brother would get pissed because we'd go ride our bikes down to the fucking Elm Theater, like to go yeah. watch movies. And be like, "Hey, ma, we uh, went down to the Elm Theater to watch a movie today." She'd be like, "Are you kidding me? What are you doing? <laughs> Riding across town on your bikes?" But uh, yeah, we did that all the time. Like, I was um, so sad when they like they didn't tear it down, but they turned it into a it fucking was wall or something, right? Yeah. I was so Jesus sad. Christ. I know I drove by I it one time and I saw that when we moved back to Connecticut, like a few years ago, when I first met you and I was, I remember driving by there. I was like, 
like this I was like sad to see I'm like uh, the fucking Walgreens now me and my sister used to like go over there we'd like walk because we could probably walk there from our house so if it was the summertime we'd walk there and you know Jeez, we, I must have lived right down the street from you I was a fucking mile down the road I, I told you where I lived right in the corner yeah, of New yeah. Park and New Britain Ave yeah no but, you, you yeah you lived the opposite way I lived I lived just further down away from, from there you know what I mean like I said the old Caldors down there you know what I mean I'm trying to think where the hell is the Caldors alright it was uh we were talking about the the Adong, uh, the, yeah, the Adong. Asian market there. Right across the street from Adong, there was a giant plaza that, like, when I left there, when I moved to Middletown, was a dollar store and a something else. But that in that plaza was like an Ames, and before it was an Ames, it was a Bradley's. Ames, Caldor, Bradley's. I mean, like, you know, yeah. like, were they it, all in the same plaza together? No, no, no. no. But it, it, it changed. <laughs> it was the '80s plaza. At first, it was a Caldor. Then it became a Bradley's, and then it became an Ames, and then it turned into I don't even know what the hell they turned it into. I swear to God, they turned it into like a laundromat or something. Probably. Yeah, yeah I, I don't remember. Like right before I moved out of there, but yeah, no. It, I mean, it was right down the street from there. Yeah, I mean, like. But like the elm, it's like that was the the shithead hangout. You know, I mean, you go there and go in the back and smoke cigarettes and like, oh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, when I was little, when I was a kid, I was really into music, but I wasn't really, you know, you know, I listened, to, I, I watched what was on fucking MTV. I was into Michael Jackson and all that other shit. You know, I was little, you know, and that, you know, probably the most punk rock, heavy metal stuff I was into was like fucking Billy Idol or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little kid, and I got a little older, and I I got into like ACDC. You know, like ACDC, I think the first time... That's a good stepping stone. Yeah, yeah. At some point... It's pretty accessible to, like, anybody, I think. It's like... It's almost like pop. I was only, like, vaguely familiar with that whole thing at the time. I didn't know anything about it. And my mother, I think, wanted me to uh, get a... uh, I remember she she was like, I want you guys to go get... You know, she got us library cards. Took us to the library. Facts and Branch? Whichever one was like a fucking half a mile from New Britain and New. Uh, that New was Park Facts and Bridge. I used to go there. I used to do fucking computer service there. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when I went there to go get books one day, I realized they had records. It was like the first time I went there. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I grabbed a couple of records, including for those about to rock. Which, by the way, I heard on the way down tonight. I thought that was completely appropriate considering the show tomorrow. I'm like, for those about to rock, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna rock. We salute you. <laughs> like, yes, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna force uh, uh, the dudes to listen to that song with me. Where we like have like a powwow together. But no, <laughs> but no, I, I put that on. Wait, actually, it's inaccurate because that wasn't the first thing that really blew my mind as far as hard rock stuff. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. That was the album that fucking changed everything for me. That was mm-hmm. the one that my uncle Mike who was uh, seven years older than me. He was my grandparents' youngest kid, my father's littlest brother, you know. Mm. And, uh, it's almost more like a cousin. Kind yeah, of. really. Yeah. He, he was he was like a big brother to me, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had fucking Stay Hungry tacked up to his wall, the, the album. And I was like, I walked to his room one day, I was like, we were up in, you know, the Boston suburbs where my grandparents lived, and uh, visiting, and I walked into his room, and I see fucking D. Snyder. He's got the bone in his hand, and he's like just like a fucking freak and i'm like eight years old and i'm like my god what is that you know like it's like twist a sister and he played me some of it and i'm like wow this is fucking crazy you know like it was nothing i'd ever heard before you know yeah it's weird to say switch a sister it's kind of like you know no pretty baby, vanilla you know? Yeah. yeah yeah by comparison to some of the other stuff but for, for sure. me at the time it blew my mind you know yeah and i and i remember like so I remember, like that was like the time when i decided i didn't like michael jackson anymore because my uncle mike was like 
he fucking sucks. I was like, yeah, he does suck. <laughs> Forget him. You know, it was real hard to convince you to, to yeah, throw yeah. that away. Like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. you know, I was I was young and he was pretty influential. You know, so yeah. it was a big deal to me. I was like, oh, he thinks he sucks. So I guess he sucks. So, what was his sister? Was the man? You know, it was like D. Snyder. Oh wow, he's like badass. And like, so I I went home, and my mother is like, uh, or my aunt was coming over, and I remember she was like, hey, honey, I'm coming over. Uh, a little while, I'm going to stop at the music store. Do you want me to get you something? And, and I'm like, wow. It was just totally random. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, what's his sister? And I say it like quietly. Like, I, I'm like, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know if my mother would be cool with it or not. Like, I didn't, yeah. I'm like, what's his sister? I'm like, it's called Stay Hungry. What's his sister? Stay Hungry. And I'm saying it with my hand to the phone, like, so she doesn't, you know, my mother doesn't hear because I don't know if she's going to be mad. You know, she, so she brings me this tape. My aunt walks in the, the house and hands me the tape. And my mother's like, what's that? And I basically run into the living room, like, away from her. Because I'm like, ah, leave me alone. <laughs> I go in and I throw it on. And I was just like, that was it. Like, after that, it was all downhill. You know, I was like, mm. you know, shout the devil. and But really, uh, for those about to rock. So then I got that. And I remember listening to that. And that was another one of those things. I remember sitting there and listening to that. Those first few notes that come on. It comes on. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was, like, the thing. That was, like, the, the last nail in the coffin for me. I was like, dude. I'm a metalhead for life, you know? It was like, that was like that moment I realized. I'm like, all this other pop stuff and everything else I was listening to up to that point. I was like, all right, that's cool, but this is this is where I belong. This is where know? I'm at. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. So then uh, I know that, like, obviously, everybody goes through kind of a progression of heaviness and blah, blah, blah. I'm assuming you probably kind of went through the stereotypical. It seems like pretty commonly everybody goes to, like, the crazy extreme it's like what's the fastest heaviest thing i can possibly find and you end up with like either i don't know like what was like the far extreme like you listened to before you were like all right kind of let me pull it back and find like a normal medium like, <laughs> like a agoraphoric nosebleed or yeah right there like probably the, the nail on the head right there nah, like you know agoraphobic nosebleed i i got into them fucking pretty extremely like i i was like really and, and not to say that that's the most extreme of anything but it, it was probably th- is. Yeah. I, I think up until that point, it was like everything was like, uh, for me. I mean, it just in general, like I was kind of like everybody was like, what What can we do to one up? Exactly. What, what was considered heavy last year? You know, yeah. for a long time. You know, and I think in a weird way, like Frozen Corpse stuff with Dope was like a huge album for me. Like when I fucking I remember listening to that album and Honky Reduction is fucking cool. Don't get me wrong, I love that album, but you know. Frozen Corpse stuff with Dope is like their Dark Side of the Moon, you know? It's like right. just, it's that album from start to finish. Opus Magnum. <laughs> oh, God. It's so fucking good. And it was so, like, fuck everything. You know, we got goddamn a, a drum machine and fucking whatever else. Scott Hall is just ridiculous, you know? Like, mm. some of the shit that he does and, you know, everything he touches, you know? It's just like, he's he's fucking unreal, you know? So So that album, to me, was like... Kind of like what you're saying, like, in a way, like, I was like, all right, there's other things, too. It doesn't have to necessarily be so extreme for me to like it, you know? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of different stuff, you know? There's lots of different things I could backpedal on and be like, okay, I kind of started to appreciate things that weren't necessarily so brutal and everything else and started to actually kind of not appreciate things that were totally brutal, like, in a way. Like, after Mm -hmm. a while, like, the, like... Totally brutal death metal shit. Kind of gets boring after a while when it kind of is is not anything more than just brutal, you know? Right, right, right. Like when they get just like, we're going to play as fast as we can and we're going to be as heavy as we can. It gets one dimensional, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
you know. I still this, think I still think that like one of the heaviest bands ever, just like riff for riff, is Dying Fetus. Yeah, Dying Fetus is cool. I, it, it, it's I've like gotten it's, into them. It's funny. I remember when I like I first heard them. I was like, oh my god. I was like, this is like Cannibal Corpse, but heavier and faster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to even think of the album that I fucking owned by them. To be honest, with you, I don't even remember what it was at this point. They were but, all uh, kind of, they all kind of sounded the same. Yeah, they, but. they, they were really uh, reminding me of Napalm Death at the time a lot. Yeah. Like they seemed like they were kind of like doing the political thing and everything else. But um, it's definitely cool. I, I dug, I dug they, it. They were I almost kind of like bro metal before there was like bro metal because all their <laughs> shit was like very like breakdown related and a lot of their stuff was like killing on adrenaline admittedly i haven't listened to them in many years but uh, they're one of those bands that people always try to sell me on they're like dude you gotta listen to this album like this is that yeah and i'm like it's just tough they have a lot of they they have a lot of albums too yeah i give them i give them credit for you know persistence yeah (laughs) perseverance they they went on and on and on and released a ton of shit but uh i mean people even sleep on like a lot of as far as grindcore and like really heavy heavy stuff like a lot of the like punk rock stuff like stuff that you know is a little more you know crustier punk rock oriented that like you know a lot of the punks probably wouldn't admit is a lot more related to metal than punk you know like yeah. phobia and shit like that you know like well i remember music. like too when we were first playing music and shit together you were big into like dbeat which i'm assuming you still are you know what i mean and, oh fuck yeah and, dude. like wolf brigade and blah 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 and it was like funny because that was kind of one like the punk I listened to, like even like the extreme punk that I listened to, like Out Cold and stuff like that, like that was extreme punk to me. And like the DB stuff is kind of like, to me, that's like metal punk, I guess in a way. And and I don't know. I I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I yeah. I think that I mean, but it didn't start necessarily as that. Like a lot, like Discharge and shit like that. Like was just more like punk rock stuff, but. And then a lot of the metal bands took to it because they were like, God, listen, like even fucking, not even just considering the the metal bands that took to it and did a punk rock th- version of it, but like Celtic Frost and, and things like that. Like bands like that who said, I mean, fucking Gary Holt will be the first to admit that Discharge was a huge influence on him, mm-hmm. you know, which is obviously not like DB punk rock, but Exodus has some, some punk rock, ugh, punk rock elements to it for sure. But um, the whole thing with the D-beat thing is, like, it doesn't... There, a lot of uh, metal bands, like, uh, a lot of Swedish death metal bands and shit like that would get into the D-beat thing, and then they would oh, do their sure. own version of it yeah. and kind of create the sound. I would and, say, uh, like, in Flames, you can hear, like, a D-beat fucking... Uh, in, like, their earlier stuff. Lots and, of bands, for sure, have... have I mean, Motorhead, for fuck's sake, you know, like, you know, have that D-beat vibe to it, you know, like... And people... It's, it's a certain vibe to the, just that... It's, it's it's amazing to think that a simple drum beat could create a sound around it. You know, like just it's that beat, that driving yeah. beat that creates. This is how you play a riff, and this is how you sing over it. And uh, you could do other things around it and make different. You know, but this is the backbone. This is what we're doing here, and mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people, and, and I, I, I'll be the first to admit, like a lot of the stuff when I heard early on when I first got into it, I was like, God, it all sounds the same. You know, and and then you realize after a while, there are variances. In, in sound that um, you don't really notice. You know, it's like when people say, like, and you've probably heard this many times, like, oh, so, so, so it's like death metal. Like, everything is death metal. You know, people who, mm. who are just not familiar with it. Everything's death right, metal. Right, like, right. Oh, oh, so you guys play, like, death metal. Like, they probably listen to your Undercliff, you know, and they're like, uh, they listen to Undercliff and, like, so it was like death metal. And they're like, no, not really at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they hear some kind of harsh vocals and they think it's death metal. Right. Um, 
when I was younger, it was Metallica. Everyone's like, oh, you like Metallica, huh? You listen to that that, that, that metal stuff, that Metallica stuff. <laughs> that was like the, the pedigree, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Metallica was the band, I think, for sure. Like, after a while, like, it got to a point where, like, my family... Like yeah. they'd get me like it would be a, a Metallica time. album, <laughs> Metallica sure, and like I think where I drew when I drew the line where I was like, don't stop getting me Metallica stuff was I got and I I actually wish to this day I still had this shirt because I think at the time I was like, Jesus Christ, this is stupid, I'll never wear this. It was the old man from the uh, Unforgiven album. It was mm-hmm. just a picture of him, like his face, like on the my buddy had this Metallica, shirt. and I was like, this is the dumbest shirt I've ever seen in my life. One of my but, best friends growing up was one of those dudes where remember like where you had to mail order all those shirts like the sure, Rockabilly yeah, yeah. catalogs and stuff. He used to buy, I swear to God, he must have had, like, a million band t-shirts, but they were all, like, Megadeth, Pantera, Metallica, like, White Zombie, like, just all, like, the really common, like, yeah, yeah, and it was just funny, though, because I swear to God, like, I remember being at his house, and he'd get, like, a a bag from, like, like, remember Blue Grape? Blue Blue Grape Grape, was one of them? Like, he'd get a bag from Blue Grape and be like, oh, man, blah, blah, and I swear to God he had that Metallica shirt. Because I remember, I don't remember what was on the back it was, of it. You know it was the, the old is, man's face from the right. video. And yeah. it was kind of rare, because I don't remember really seeing it after that. But I remember at the time when I got it, I remember being like, it, it's like an old man, it's, just a, it's like the old man's head, like on the shirt, that's it. There's nothing to it other than that. And I was kind of like, this is kind of cheesy. I don't I don't think I could ever actually wear this. Even yeah. when I was like 13 years old, I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, that's fine. But, uh, yeah. Speaking of metal shirts, <laughs> I just thought of this. I'm like, yeah, my grandma bought me my first Slayer shirt, actually. That was my Christmas present one year. Oh, that's and, hilarious. Uh, as well as a pair of uh, Slayer sweatpants, believe it or not. That's yeah. all, were, they, were they like the, uh, what the hell were those like 80s fucking pants? Uh, parachute pants? No, 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 no. Like, what were the ones like all the wrestlers and like football players would wear them and shit? Like oh, the fucking, fuck. uh, um, they were like, not tie-dye, they were like, uh, goddamn. Everything looked like lightning. Snow washed? No. Oh, man. Acid washed? Or... No, it's going to bug the shit out of me. All right. I'll, I'll remember. Like, every 80s wrestler used to wear them and, like, when they were, like, backstage and shit. Yeah. And it, it was just funny. Yeah. I, I, I'll i tell you what. I, I would fucking kill for a pair of those Slayer sweatpants. I, and, you know, I was, when I was on the wrestling team, I let uh, the captain of the team, actually, at the time, borrow my sweats, uh, the Slayer sweatpants I had. And he fucking never returned them. And to this day, it drives me nuts because I see them on eBay for like two hundred dollars or something like that. No shit. And it makes me want to fucking put a bullet man because I'm like, you son of a bitch. I'm there's like, there's still bands too that like put out like sw- like sweatpants are such a funny like band product. Like I understand like oh patches. it's totally ridiculous. Yeah. But when it, I, I I at the time I remember I got the shirt and the pants and I was so stoked I got a Slayer shirt and Slayer sweatpants like a fucking moron wore them to school at the same time and some smartass goes. Hey, where's your Slayer cape, Slayer man? <laughs> Which I thought, I still think, even though he's a dick, I think that's really hilarious. But I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was Slayer man. That's what I, it was. I still, I'm trying to think of like what my first like. I want to say one of my first metal shirts was like, uh, I bought, I had like the GNR shirt. My very first metal shirt was like a, a GNR shirt. It was the skull with like the two guns going through it, and okay. it had like the Guns N' Roses thing, like on the, like an uh, an emblem or I something. I had the circle logo, the Guns N' Roses circle. Oh yeah, logo. okay. And yeah, on the yeah. back, it had a f- like faux spray painted thing. It's a Guns N' Roses or GNR was here or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, GNR was here. Yeah, 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 I remember that one. That's funny. I remember the first one that I really like, coveted though was like that. I had a Pantera T-shirt that I got. I swear to God, I think. I think I'm actually in my like my fifth grade picture. I have that Pantera T-shirt on, and it's <coughs> it's the one I showed you the picture of that my sister was making fun of me in. Oh right, right. Yeah, it was the I'm Broken T-shirt from like the Far Beyond Driven tour or whatever, and it was just funny. Like I remember that with getting... the screw. No, it was uh, it was this random shirt of a 
mouse in like a mouse trap and there was like blood everywhere. And then on the back it said I'm broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, like same thing like spray painted. It looked like it was spray painted. I'm broken on the back. Yeah. And uh and I, like I remember buying it at Spencer's Gift. Remember Spencer's Gift? Sure, sure. I don't even know yeah. if those are still there, but I remember I buying I went it up Spencer's in, Gift at the Portland or the Main Mall or whatever. Oh, do they? Yeah. That's funny. I I never go to the mall anymore. <laughs> I know. I'm so like I don't know. I yeah. literally if We're I go to the folk m- up there. So every once in a while when we need to get something, we have to go to the mall. So yeah. you know. I'll go to the mall and I know exactly what store I want to go into, so I find out whatever the closest entrance is and I go from there to that one store and I get the fuck out. Oh Christ almighty. <laughs> I hate shopping in general. Uh, Going out in public, it's like a Am- chore for Amazon me. is fucking wonderful. I just order everything <laughs> off Amazon like, oh, you sound oh, like man. my brother. I need new underwear? Shit, Amazon. All right, good. Uh, new underwear. Why yeah. you won't even go to the store for underwear? It'll be here in two days. Awesome. Yeah. Now a couple of years ago I remember my brother was like, dude, Amazon. Don't shop anymore. Go to Amazon. Like, you know, like he's like, I did all my Christmas shopping in an hour and a half. You know what's fucking wild is I think it's like 30 or 40% of all internet shopping is Amazon. Is Amazon. Yeah. 30 yeah. to 40%. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. All right. So, so moving forward from that. Moving forward. Moving forward. Moving we? on to, to more important things yeah. than Amazon. <laughs> is there uh, anything more important it's at least 40 percent important <laughs> internet the commerce uh which brings us to our first ad no i'm just kidding i don't yeah. have any ads so no we're talking about baxter's brewing company <laughs> <laughs> audible.com yes uh, uh stowaway ipa yeah. is what we're drinking tonight they, they did kind of indirectly sponsor the show today yeah um uh, they got us talking uh amongst other things <laughs> but uh all right, so I know, Christ some, Almighty. Hey, that's what I was saying earlier. I'm like, maybe I should just leave because we talked for like a good two and a half hours before. Like, but, but you know, did we get it all out? Yeah, <laughs> I, we could. Some of the some of the shit we talked about was was interesting. But, Are we allowed you know. to talk about Star Wars? Is that spoiler spoiler alert territory? Uh, I don't give a fuck. I think at this point, <laughs> if you haven't seen it, like, I don't Too know. Too fucking bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It got spoiled to me, so I don't really give a fuck. Like, I don't know. being a being an adult about <laughs> so it. Fuck everybody. Yeah. Well, you know. So well, we were both talking about. <laughs> See, Star I got it's spoil. It was spoiled for me. Like, a day after yeah. it came out, which it, pissed it, me off. It took me, like, a week or two, I think, before I saw anything, like, legitimate. Yeah, almost but, yeah. immediately after it came out, I got spoiled, so I was pretty pissed about that. We were discussing how we both saw the same spoiler, uh, how it was, like, an ass or something, and then at the end, yeah. they flashed Bodacious that. booty getting smacked in slow motion and, and then, then bouncing. And then Han Solo's dead. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Han Solo got killed by his son Kylo Ren. Did I, it go into that much detail? That's I think it was, I yeah. Remember. And that was the reason why I had to keep watching it, like over and over again. It was oh, because like, there was, it was so like much. Split second, yeah. and then it went back into the ass, and it was just that GIF yeah. over and over again, or GIF, excuse me. I call it GIF. I don't know. I never call it a GIF. It's it's technically I think supposed to be called a GIF. I think so. Yeah. I remember but, Joe Rogan talked about it. But everybody, like five minutes with kind of any sensibility, said it's called a GIF. I've or always GIF called is it peanut butter. Yeah, we're calling it GIF. I've always called it a GIF, but yeah, I think you're right that it's technically a GIF. The people who made it call it a GIF. Well, and I think internet, everybody else said fuck you. We're calling it GIF. We'll let all the internet keyboard warriors argue about that because yeah. yeah they, no, I'm getting in on this argument. It's called GIF. <laughs> I, I I I said I You're called it a, a stand. I I taking a stand right now. <laughs> I have important things to talk about tonight, including my presidency uh, uh, run in 2016. <laughs> I am running for president in the uh, uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> Just looking at the wall. Category, yes, exactly. Stuff. Look at it. The taxi driver and uh, yeah. I was telling Ron about uh, I went and bought um, I went to the Savers over in. What's it called? And I was looking at the uh, VHSs, and I got 
a VHS still sealed of Taxi Driver. Oh wow, cool! And it had still the, with the the print of the uh, like on the the, the, the still wrap. totally sealed, like Saran wrapped. And the thing was though, is at the front of it was this weird picture. It was like a hand drawn thing of the taxi cab. Then with like Robert De Niro's face, like in the background, kind of as like the whole background, and then the uh, Jodie Foster's character standing in front of the taxi cab. But it was like all drawn. It was yeah, this yeah. weirdo cover that I had mm. never seen before. I was like, holy shit! And I was like, I don't know, it was like a buck or two. I was like, this is cool just because of the artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I picked sure. that up. That was kind of cool. But yeah, but, there's some there's some stuff I think in the earlier. Um, like there was the original VHS days where everything was like the clamshell case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rental point, days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they started coming out with these like budget VHS, and they yeah. would have some kind of generic. You know, it's funny because at the time we're like, oh, we're just putting out this thing, and it costs nothing. Well, you know, they couldn't use a certain image or something like that for whatever reason. Yep. And now those things are collectible because it's like, wow, for sure. Because they they're only, oddball. Yeah, they made a few ever, of these. And, you ever notice, like, with VHSs, too, like, the higher quality ones, they weighed a fucking They're ton. wicked heavy. Yeah. Yeah, like, I had, uh, I remember I bought the original Batman movie, the first Tim Burton, the 1989 Batman movie, on right. VHS. And I remember buying it brand new. <coughs> and I, I had to, like, beg my parents for it. And we got it. And I swear to God, that thing was like a fucking brick. Like, you can right, kill right. someone with that thing. Absolutely. Thing. It's that SP, uh, LP, uh, EP thing. Right, because it was yeah. running faster or whatever, right. so it like, uses more you ever, tape. You ever it's get an quality. EP tape, and it's like, like practically like a feather? You know, yeah. like, it weighs nothing. And then you get those other ones, and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is like a pound and a half, you know, yeah. <laughs> for a VHS yeah. tape. Yeah. But, um, yeah, without a doubt. I, I remember early on uh, uh, in my VHS days when I started collecting those, you know, I was working at a music store slash video store slash fucking everything else, and I, I was buying VHS, like, left and right. Like, I, I had, like, hundreds of VHS, and um, I think I got up to about, like, four or 500 or something like that before wow. I, I finally, like... And that shit takes up a lot of room, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I fucking... But I... That's all I did at the time. I just watched movies. That was, like, my thing. I would just... And, uh, and I... Uh, we would get, like... It was like three VHS for a, 10 bucks or something like that. The story worked out, and I was like, oh, dude. And I just... I, Score. Yeah, I actually... My old boss, I remember him telling me, he's like, you know, you're on a list. Uh, loss prevention like, has a list in the company for people who buy, too, like, X amount, like, too much. Because they thought you were either reselling They thought I was buying stuff for people, like my friends. And uh, he basically had to tell loss prevention. He was like, no, he's just nuts, and he buys lots of movies and and Do you remember Suncoast like video? That. Yeah, I... Was managed to Suncoast in, That's awesome. in Portland, Oregon before I, when, I moved back east again. When, when I was in middle school, we had a guy that worked in our school as like kind of like a faux security guard type dude, but he did like kind of other odd stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious because it turned out that he worked at the Suncoast video in the mall. Mm-hmm. And like I used to be like a mall rat. Like I used to like live at the mall when I was in like middle school and shit. And it was funny. We saw him one day and I was like, oh my God. Like that's, I think his name was Mr. J and he had like a long. I think it was like a Hispanic last name. And we just, I think it was like Mr. Jimenez or something, but we all called him Mr. J. And, Mr. Uh, Jimenez? Yeah. And then it was like funny because the Suncoast, I used to go in there and I mean, I have all, I still actually saved some of these. I got rid of a lot of my VHSs, but I still have a couple of like the real oddball shit. Mm. But I would go in there and buy like, you know, like the Evil Dead remake and blah, blah, blah. And like all the, like Evil Dead 2 and yada, yada, yada. And I remember buying the, uh, <coughs> I bought a Halloween double 
VHS with an orange videotape, which was like a big deal. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. and it was just funny because he's like, I'm not supposed to sell you this stuff. Like, you're like 12 and you're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, come on, Mr. J. And he's just like, all right, whatever. Like, you know, it was just funny because he's like, you're really into movies, huh? And I'm like, ah, this is, that's like what I was all about when I was younger. It was funny. Oh, was God like, almighty. It's music and movies. Like, that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I definitely grew up, uh, you know, I stay up all night long watching fucking HBO, basically, like, whatever, movies, you know. And I would just watch movie after movie after movie, you know. I'd stay up all night and I'd watch, uh, you know, lots of horror. I was big into horror when I was a kid. For sure, yeah. I was was, uh, all about that corner of the store where it was right next to the porn section with the saloon doors that would flap open yep. and the pervs would come out. Yep. And I'd be standing over there, like, at finding... The, at which, the discount video. Yeah. Remember discount video? Figuring out which faces of death I wanted to rent that yep. night. And, uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I definitely had that, you know, I was into that weird shit and, and the, the horror-related things, for sure. And, uh, yeah, very young. I really got into that, like, just movies in general. Like, I was really into that. Uh, I, I would even say I probably got into movies more than, than music early on. I think for a while, too, I was kind of in the same boat. I definitely think that for a while, movies were more where I was at than music. Yeah. Yeah, I was obsessed, you know. Hang on one second. For a while. So we just took a piss break because we've been drinking and talking for way too long. And it's not like Joe Rogan where two other people can keep talking while one of us stops to piss. So, but neither here nor there. But, yeah, so horror movies are where it's at for a long time for both of us, apparently. VHS's too. I got the uh, that same place, that same savers. I got the uh, the original three Star Wars. Um, oh yeah, and like the old school ones, not the, right, the CGI cover. Yeah. Oh, 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 you're right. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So you no, know, it had like the covers of like those real hand drawn looking, like where right, they right. they look nothing like the characters in the movies. Yeah, there was basically. that later edition where it was just the uh, like Darth Vader's face, and then like right. Yoda's face, and like. Yeah. Whatever. No, it was the earlier Painted one. So yeah. Cover so, version. Yeah, the old, uh, the old ones. No CGI. No fucking yeah, lame I, job of the hut and blah blah it's blah. Good stuff. Yeah. No, it's 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 kind of cool just to have that shit because it's like you like literally in that case you can't get that anywhere else now because all the digital ones are the remade ones. Right. Exactly. So like I have the box set and DVD and shit, but those are the they're not the same as the ones that are. The one good thing that's probably gonna happen with. Uh, Star Wars going to Disney is they're probably going to re-release it all like orig- the original hopefully. form of it. Yeah, hopefully that'll but be kind of neat. At this point in time, the like essential Star Wars that you need is the laserdisc version because it's as as perfect a quality as you're going to have from back in the day, and it's all the original stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I've seen that on eBay going for quite a bit of money at this point because people sure. are like, that's like the essential version, the quality. Is going to be the best, and it's the original version. So there, there's a guy in a band. Um, we actually we we talked about him. I talked about him with one of the guys I I had on the podcast, Walter. There's a band called Sever the Drama, and their bass player is this guy. Um, uh, fuck, I totally forgot his first name. Anyway, he uh, he's like a big movie nerd and and all this other shit. And he's like on he's on uh. University of Hartford's uh, does a radio show on there and stuff, and he's on NPR a lot, the local NPR station, talking oh, yeah. about like movies and just like I think just in general like new stuff. And uh, he he is a huge laserdisc kind of collector, and it's like yeah. funny because like he'll go buy a new laserdisc, and I'll see on his Facebook he'll like post a picture of like oh, I picked up the laserdisc of like you know the old Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like the most random shit that it's like oh man, like I remember that. You know what? I I'm not I'm not going to try to pretend I know a lot about 
the technical, you know, aspects of that. But from everything I hear, Laserdisc is still superior to like pretty much anything else that's out there. Still, mm. the biggest problem with that is that you have to like flip the disc over and all that other shit. You know, it's like a record. Right, right. They're but, like wicked heavy though, aren't they? Made out of like a metal base or something? I think like it's just like a it's like a record, but like it's a big record CD. Oh, know? really? Yeah, it's huh. like thick, and yeah. you know, I've literally never even like held one in my hands. Like I remember, really? I remember seeing them at stores. But like I never even like touched them because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have the money yeah, for the that. The quality is great. I mean, for sure. I mean, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like I, I look at, I'll watch VHS. I don't give a fuck. You know, yeah. I'll go to, I'll go to, you know, I'll go to Bull Moose. They have, you know, VHS for like three for a buck. I'm like, all right, yeah. Look at fucking ten movies and be like, all right. See, cool. I was like that. I was like that way, way at the end when like blockbusters were going out of business and shit. Like uh, I don't know if you remember back in the day, but even down here there was a video rental store. Right here next to the CVS. Do you remember that? No. I forgot what the hell. my time here. It it was some booty one. I forgot what it was. Like, I don't remember what the hell it was, but it was like a Hollywood video or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I think it closed right around the time that we moved here. Yeah. And I used to go down there, and they'd have, like, I mean, towards the end, I got, like, the entire, um, was it, six discs of, like, Deadwood and stuff like that for, like, I don't know, like, two bucks or something, you know, just... Right. random junk but i would just go there and, and the thing is is like buying all those shit movies it's like i don't know to me that's like fun watching those old crap movies like i remember buying i went i went out of my way to get like maniac cop one and two like those <laughs> fucking terrible horrible movies yeah Man. absolutely well i mean that's part of the fun of that is that a lot of those movies from back in the day i mean when i was a kid you know i got get all these movies you go through these you know you go through the ones that are good you go through the ones that are bad at yeah. the end of the day you're like okay this is the good stuff. This is the bad stuff. But even some of the stuff I look back on that I at the when I was a kid, I was like, "This is fucking garbage." It's still cool because you watch it and you're like, "Oh, I still have kind of a memory." It's of this nostalgia, yeah, the nostalgia yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah, like I remember the first DVD I bought. Um, I remember buying uh, Kurt. Is it Kurt Russell or Kurt Douglas? I always get them confused. In um, uh, the movie where he goes nuts and he. Uh, He's like an office dude, but he goes crazy oh, on his way to work. Yeah, falling down. Yeah. Which Kurt is that? Douglas. Kurt, Kurt Douglas, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's not Kirk Douglas. It's Michael Douglas. Oh, Michael Douglas. Okay, yeah. sorry. Kirk Douglas yeah. is something, yeah. It's been a long day. Yeah. <laughs> I bought that, and I bought The Shining, and those were the first two DVDs I bought. And I remember watching those movies like a million times, and I was like, oh, like I'll never, ever get rid of these. Like This is awesome. I still have them upstairs. Like, I mean, oh, and, falling and, down. And, Falling Down was one of the movies, too, like, as a kid, like, I watched it, and, like, I just thought, I was like, oh, this is, like, a badass movie, but then, like, I watched it, like, as an adult, and I'm like, wow, this is a really fucked up movie. Yeah, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things you don't catch about how fucked up it was until you're older, you know what I mean? And you realize what's going on, you're like, wow. Like, this dude was insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's not just a movie. This could really happen in real life. Yeah. Just going off the fucking rails and... Pretty funny. So... Yeah. No, that was a great, great movie, for sure. The whole thing. Even even it like the scene you know where he's in that like Army Navy surplus store or whatever yeah with the crazy and the guy's Nazi like you and me dude. we're the same and he he's like even even somebody who's trying to relate to him he's just like I want fuck nothing to you, do with dude. you dude yeah, he's, he's like, like I'm not like you at all you yeah. know he's just like it's like the self loathing thing it's like he can't identify himself in in anybody yeah, yeah. that's funny but yeah. all right well it's time back to the music thing so um so you're working with grief first big show is tomorrow Ralph's we're gonna uh, I'm definitely gonna be up there. I'm bringing some of. I'm bringing my drummer Jimmy, who uh, wanted to check it out, and uh, some of the Liquor Baron dudes are coming up. So, 
Should be fun. What are uh, what are like your guys' long term plans? I guess like what are you guys? I know you guys got some more shows in the bag. Yeah, but. we're uh, right now as far as like you know semi short term plans. I guess is uh, we're, we've got a, a tour plan, a short tour planned in March. Uh, we're playing in Long Island March fourth, I believe. Uh, Baltimore March fifth and Philly March sixth. Uh, we're hoping to do West Coast thing uh, in a few months. We have that's not like set in stone at this point in time, but it's uh, it's a possibility at this point. But definitely original material. Uh, we're we're uh, we have some songs we've been working on, originals and everything else. So uh, we're hoping to be able to kind of like lay into that as soon as we can. Uh, you know, obviously right now the show has been the priority. You know, we got to like get ready for that so that's kind of been what we get been that doing. under your belt get a couple shows get a couple yeah yeah get the we, feeling back the there. plan is you know the long-term plan is to start working on original material recording it and releasing it you know that's what we're, we're planning on doing this isn't just we're not just doing cover songs of grief songs and everything else you know we're, we're you the, don't want to be a grief tribute band you want yeah, to well, expand on it even if even if we were just playing it at this point in time you know it's like it's tough to consider it that at this point you know because it's uh we got Terry and Chuck from the original band. Chuck was, you know, he was on the last album, but still, he's a fucking great drummer. And uh, Terry is the guy who basically created the band, you know, created the sound. So it's kind of tough to, you know, look at it like that in that terms, you know. And like I said earlier, you know, some people are going to look at it like that. And that's fine. It's no big deal, you know. Like, you kind of have to just deal with that reality that some people aren't going to appreciate it. There's a lot of people out there that do let, appreciate it. They're, like, stoked for it. They're, like, you know, we're getting a lot of positive response from people who are, like, this is great. You know, it's cool that you guys are doing this. Can't wait to see you guys. Come here, come there, whatever. Mm. And that's cool, you know, because there's some people who get it, you know. Like, people get too uh, rigid in their uh, uh, concept of the way things should be or whatever. Like, oh, well, it should be this or it should be that. It's like, you know what? Uh, people it's, are going to do... It's not, so... It's not, you know, it's, it's something let's else. Let's move on, yeah. Uh, of course, it's, it's very firmly rooted in grief, you know. That's mm-hmm. that's the basis of this. And, and that fault, you know, and where that's rooted in, the seed that grew grief is within our band, you know. And that's... You can't argue with that, you know. Like, there's nothing that could be really said other than the fact that we have the guy in our band who made grief, you know. Like, it's his band. It's his design, you know. And, uh, you know, we've got a good band of guys together who fucking jam the fuck out and, uh, we get along and we're, we're fucking, you know, it's, it's a good group of guys together. You know, it's weird because it's like, you know, we went into this with a goal, you know, like to try to just be able to get out there and play the songs. And it turns out like we all get along well and, you know, aren't totally fucked up and, you know, that's a good thing. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a rare it, thing. It, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't yeah. happen all the time, you know? Yeah, so that's cool, you know, and, uh, but long-term goals beyond this point is, is, uh, basically after this show is work on original material. We have already been working on original material. We're going to have at least one song we're going to play tomorrow, uh, an original, a new original song. And we have probably about five or six kind of like on deck to basically just kind of like flesh out like that we're basically like the the meat and bones are there and you got Yeah, just... we we've we've kind of like thrown a couple of ideas out and be like, "Okay." And we work on it for like 5 minutes and like, "Okay, we'll get to this soon." And that's right. that's the plan, you know. So soon enough, we're going to be 
recording, writing, we're going to write and record original material to release something of some kind. Probably short form off the bat, I'd say. I don't know. Maybe a lot, maybe a full length. I don't know. Um, but that's the plan. That's we're going to awesome. play it by ear at this point, you know? There you go. Cool. I mean, that's, that's, that's all you can do. You know what I mean? It's just, like you said, play it by ear, do what you can and just hope it keeps moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up because I'm getting a little tired. I'm sure you're a little tired driving down <laughs> from fucking Maine and, you know, but, uh, if anybody, I'm going to, I'm going to upload this tonight. So anybody, I'll, I'll probably start, you know, sharing it and shit tomorrow. Everybody should check out the show. If you're anywhere near Worcester or if you're not too near Worcester, you should still try and make it out. It's going to be a good time. I'll be there probably in better shape, hopefully, than I am now, but we'll have to wait and see. Oh, poor Paul. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I, I think I... It's uh, been a long couple days. The past uh, few hours, we've been... Uh, I know. I think I'm like, Christ, we would have had quite a bit of... Uh, you could have, like, edited all this out, and we would have had, like... Yeah, but then it would have had to been five up like hours five days. Worth of, I mean, Christ yeah. almighty. How long have we been here? <laughs> I don't even know. What do we... Oh, we got, like, an hour. So we got an hour, so that's good. But, yeah, you've been here since, I don't know... Eight o'clock or so, yeah. Pretty much eight on the dot, yeah. I think it's like twelve, so yeah, we've been bullshitting for Jesus, age Christ. four hours. Shameful. Duh. That's all right. That's all right. My my so wife. You're going, right? You're going oh. on the show? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I got okay. like four people I'm driving, so yeah, now I kinda have to. I told my wife, I'm like, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I'm like, I'm gonna have to get some coffee and sh- I can't drink at all tomorrow. That's gonna be like rule A. Because drinking makes me sleepy. So <laughs> drinking makes you sleepy well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we'll have none of that, but I'll go stuff my face up at uh, the George's Coney Island. That's that's what I'm looking forward to now. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go eat some shit food. So we'll go eat and then we'll go check out some fucking music. And I'm excited to see Set. Like that's who really I, I, I'm very very curious to see. And it's kind of funny how that worked out. That you're like, dude, we're playing a show in Worcester. And I was like, all right, who else is playing? And then I saw all the bands and I was like, all right, cool. Like this this sounds awesome. Like I'm genuinely excited. And you know what I mean? And I was like, ah, oh, Worcester's not too far. We'll make a little road trip. So. Yeah. It'll be fun though. Like my my drummer's gonna come, the liquor baron dudes are gonna come, and uh, should be a good time. So, thanks for coming down, John. I had a fucking blast, man. Absolutely, thanks, dude. Thanks for talking, and uh, we'll post up links to all the come to grief pages and the stuff. The one last question I wanted to ask you though is yeah. is, is when when is uh, Tides of Flesh gonna make a uh, a, a, a resurgence? Yeah, exactly. I, I haven't talked to Colin forever, man. I talk to him every once in a while. Yeah. It's uh, he's not, he's not online there. very often. And I, I was going to say, like, I felt like for a while I used to see him posting shit all the time, and I feel like it's gone way down. Yeah. So. I think it's just his, uh, his uh, you know, as far as, like, internet connective, connectability at yeah. this point in time. I don't really know what the deal is. but uh, I, I was talking with the guys on Intercliff. Like, we want to record something, and we're probably, honestly, like, I'm probably just going to bring all my shit and record uh, where, where we practice at because they have, like, a big, like, live room. And, uh, and it was funny because I was like, man, I was like, it'd be kind of cool because he was doing, like, recording stuff for a while, Colin. Yeah. I, as far as I know, he still does, but I don't know for sure if he still is doing it. Because yes. I know that he was he got a bunch of stuff, equipment, and then he kind of, like, was gearing down because he was selling a lot of stuff. But, yeah. I, um, I had I had emailed him. I was like, dude, I was like, it'd be cool, you know, we could record on my equipment, but bring, you know, just, like, I mean record the actual <laughs> stems to my stuff but i was like bring you know if would you want to bring your stuff and basically kind of like engineer it and uh we we talked a few times back and forth and nothing really came of it which kind of sucked but um but hey well you know, it, if you it, listen it's, to it's it, a shame though done. because I, I think like every once in a while listen back on like the the, re- the rehearsal or even like when we recorded and then we had the, all the mics on the drums and everything else yeah, like yeah. it was like we we did a lot of the stuff with just like you would set up an ipad in the other side of the, side of the room but uh i remember I 
think Colin, I think it was Colin that came and he had all the mics and stuff like that. And yeah. He liked up his whole drum kit and everything else. I was like, wow, we're taking this to another level here. And then, of course, I moved. But <laughs> I'll listen back on those recordings. I'm like, this is pretty fucking good. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a shame that we never really did anything there beyond some that cool, point. There were some cool riffs in there. I definitely remember. I, like, I, I'll i find that stuff occasionally, like when I'm transferring stuff from like hard drive to hard drive or something on my computer, and I'll see it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like I remember that, blah, blah, blah. And, you know what I mean? And then it was funny because like, I, pl- I ended up playing with Colin for a few months after you moved. Yeah. At least a few months. And uh, and we did some stuff with, with a different bass player and um, I think Colin was still doing drums at that point, but it was funny. I was talking to Colin with with Ron at the last uh, on the last podcast, where like Colin's one of those dudes that can like literally just pick up any instrument. Uh, and I it makes me sick. It, it blew my fucking mind when he was like, uh, I mentioned this. On I the didn't last even know one. he was a drummer, and then all of a sudden he he was like, yeah, I play, dude, I used to play drums. I don't know if you remember this, but there's pictures of he came down here and he was like, dude, um, after we get done with practice, I wanted to record something real quick. Would that be cool with you? Right, 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 and yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I don't give a shit. So this dude lays down a drum track, sits down, records a guitar track and then sits down <laughs> or no, he stood up and, and recorded a bass track, all like first takes, like no right, problem, right. like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Cause he was like, Oh, can I borrow your bass? Cause he didn't have a bass at the time. Remember? He's like, Oh, right. and he was playing the, the warlock. Yeah. Right? The warlock. Yeah. yeah. There's like pictures of you guys. I remember, I, I remember posting him and I was just that was, like, that was when we, that was us though. That was, that was a tides of flesh thing when we did that. Yeah. But I remember you, what you're talking about. That definitely happened with that picture you're talking about. I was, was like, Holy shit. I know. Yeah. I, and I had only heard him play guitar like a few times. I, I heard some of his recordings that he did and shit, but, um, I remember one day, like we had played, I don't know, 10 times like that at that point. And I think we just kind of were taking a break and he grabs your guitar or something like that. I don't even remember. And he sits down and suddenly he's like, like fucking Randy Rhodes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. I'm like, I had no idea you were that and good. He was like, good. He's good at the drums. He's awesome at the guitar. Like, I was just like, dude, this is, he, it sucks. Cause it's like, like I was telling Ron, like I have to work so hard to like be mediocre and I'm like, I, I'm like, that sucks that like when I can see people that are just like so good and it looks like they're not even trying. I'm like, oh, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. So, no, he's he's one of those like, uh, yeah, he's uh, a lost talent for sure. I don't mean that sounds really bad to say. I, that just sounds really horrible. I mean, in terms of like lost, in terms of like people are completely unaware of, of right, you know, of, of his talent. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's I've listen to a bunch of recordings he does stuff all across the board and uh the elevarger stuff is probably my favorite stuff i like that shit a lot i love that stuff that's you know entombed worship and stuff like that but the pale worn stuff that's yep. just like really like kind of ambient like dreary quiet, like, yeah. kind of i don't know fucking really good stuff too but either way i vote like i listen every once in a blue moon i'll come across the tides of flesh stuff that's funny i totally that forgot had, the name you know. too tides of flesh yeah I, I should make an undercliff song called tides of flesh just because <laughs> you should <laughs> just because our the last song we were working on like our drummer is notorious for telling really bad jokes he's really awkward like he's the king of being awkward <laughs> jimmy knows this dude we bust his ass about it all the time and it was funny because he was like telling a joke or something and like he totally lost me and Will, and like we had no clue what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> and then at the end, he's just like, "Yeah." And then she died. <laughs> and then and then we, me and Will, both stopped and we're like, "Wait, what?" We're like, "What the fuck?" Just what were joke? you talking about? And then it was just funny because we're like, "All right, our next song is gonna be called." And then she died. Like we don't know what the lyrics are. Doesn't really matter, but it's gonna be called. And then she died. <laughs> so shout out, nice. shout out to uh, uh-huh. shout out to Jimmy too. <laughs> so Jimmy. You'll, you'll meet Jimmy, Jimmy tomorrow. Watch Jimmy will make you feel so awkward within like two minutes of meeting him. You'll be like, "That's got to be Jimmy." I won't even explain. <laughs> Jeez, it. Poor Jimmy. I'm, I'm rolling up there with three I, people. I'm gonna give Jimmy a hug when I meet him. I feel bad 
Dude, I'm rolling so up there with three people. I'm not going to tell you which one's Jimmy. I'm going to have you guess tomorrow. Like whichever one makes you feel awkward, well, that was Jimmy. <laughs> if it's not the bass player, you've already described to me that I know that. No, it's not. It's no, not. no, it's not. It's not Will. Will's Will's got a kid and stuff, and he's he's kind of tough to get out. But yeah, no, Will's it's tough to get out when you got kids. Will's easy to spot. He's like six four. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I remember you said he was kind of a giant. Dude. So yeah, he's like, a big right. dude. Jimmy Jimmy's pretty is. average looking, so. But all right, thanks very much, man. And I think it's time to pack it up. Thanks for having me, man. Cool. Thanks very much. Everybody check out Come to Grief. If you're going to be at Ralph's tomorrow, definitely go to check out the show. Uh, I'm going to try and upload If you're going to be at Ralph's, please check out the show. Because if you're there and you don't check out the show, we're going to all be pretty upset about that. They supposedly have really good food, too, so people might be checking out the food. Oh, good. Well, if you're sitting at a table and we're playing and you you just manage to ignore us, good for you. All right. All right. Thanks very much, bro. All right, man.